Welcome to Our Story, a podcast where ordinary people share extraordinary stories. My name is Atherva, and today I'm joined by Andrea Ruland. Hey, Andrea, how are you? Hey, Atherva, I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm on vacation today, so it's like the first week where I'm not, you know, pinballing between a million different things. So I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm good. I have a short day on Mondays, which is nice. It's a soft opening from the weekend. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, Mondays are a good day. That's good. That's good. Um, so Andrea, you know, I always begin this podcast just to get to know you a little bit. Uh, we've become friends, I would say fairly recently. Um, you know, it's one of the fledging friendships, uh, that I know is going to blossom into something great. Uh, but before we dive into anything, if I were to like, look up your name on Wikipedia, say you had a Wikipedia page and someone else wrote it. So you, you don't have to be humble on this one. What would that first paragraph say for you? (laughs) I would say the first paragraph is, would say that um, I am somebody who is always in pursuit of being better and doing better and trying new things, um, that I love to laugh, and that I'm really passionate about a lot of things. Um, I, I cry at parades, if that is any indicator of what I mean by that. I'm just really in my feelings. So I think that that's probably what it would say first in my first paragraph. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's unravel that a little bit. So you said you're passionate <laughs> about a lot of things. Like, give me give me some examples. Yeah, I think, I think um, some good examples are, I, I really like to, just in my personal life and in my own life experiences, I really like to just experience Um, So I'm really passionate about being in the moment. Um, So like I said, you know, take me to a parade or a dolphin show. I will cry. I just love to experience it, things with my full self. Um, Music, I get overtaken by it. I love to just throw myself into it. Um, And it has its positives and its negatives, you know, in my daily life, I'm so interested in the now and what I'm doing that a lot of times I don't really pay attention to what's going on around me. So, you know, when I'm at home with Leo, I get startled really easily. (laughs) Like I could be in the fridge just like looking for lunch and he'll have been here all day and he'll turn the corner and it will just scare the life out of me. Um, Because I'm just so in tune with what's going on in the moment. So um, which he gets really frustrated with. <laughs> but, um, you know, other than that, I think I'm really passionate about just learning about other people. And um, in my life, I, I grew up, um, I moved a lot, but it was always within the same kind of similar communities. You know, I was always the majority, I was never the minority anywhere. And um, so I have a lot to learn in life. And Um, I don't have a whole lot of experiences with diversity. So that's been my life journey within the last, I'd say, five to 10 years is just trying to um, learn, learn about people, learn about lifestyles that I haven't been experienced, haven't been privy to previous, um, you know, just learn about people. There's so much that goes on outside of your bubble. And I want to break out of my bubble. And that's that's my biggest um, passion, I think. Okay, very cool. And just a side note, yeah. so you mentioned Leo. Leo is, uh, uh, I guess, your significant other, uh, my mutual friend. <laughs> so just a side yeah. note. 
And, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, the earlier episode, and uh, I like him and I became very good friends, and that's how we met as well. Um, and now, I, switching gears back to our conversation, uh, let's dissect a little bit more on you said how you grow because I feel like what I heard is you like to be in the moment, and uh, you you really uh, dive fully into whatever you're you're in the moment with, uh, and I do feel yeah. like that is you know, some kind of uh, influence from uh, your upbringing as well. Like that molded you yes. to the person you're today. So help me paint a picture of uh, baby Andrea and like uh, the environment you grew up in. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was born in Maine. Um, you know, my, my parents, my mom was an actress and a singer. And before they had me, they moved from Buffalo, New York to um, Los Angeles. My mom was going to try to make it in the the art world um and after spending a few years there they moved to maine and had me and my dad is someone who is um in tune with the wilderness to put it to 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 broadly um he's a wilderness guy he loves the woods so i grew up a lot you know just appreciating the outdoors and appreciating um, sounds that animals made and, you know, all of that. Um, he's very romantic in that way to where he taught me about the little things, you know, really examining uh, the ground that you walk on, finding animal footprints, all of that stuff, being observant to things that I think can be easily missed. Um, so when my parents got divorced, my dad stayed in Maine and my mom and I moved to New York and we lived with my grandparents, and I grew up with her. I only saw my dad, you know, maybe once a year, every year, um, and so I grew up with my mom being in the performing arts world. She put me in operas with her, um, and, you know, we did a lot of acting, going to auditions, um, and then she got married. We moved to Newfane, and then we moved to Lockport, and then so a lot of my life was just moving. It was I moved so much. And so I think that, you know, my need to really be in the moment comes from what I learned with both of my parents being my mom being in the arts and appreciating music and my dad, you know, teaching me the appreciation for the world around me. And then this need to build relationships very quickly and, and build friendships really quickly um, because I was constantly having to start over. So I think that that's where that comes from with me is that I, I really just, everything could be gone so quickly or changed so quickly. So I really like to just be in the now and get as much out of the moment as I can. That's so great. I mean, I've moved around quite a bit as well. And I think that's the best way anyone's ever put it. Uh, describing that so thank you awesome. <laughs> um, so thank you yeah cool question uh, would we know uh, like any performance you or your mom would have been in oh my gosh well my first opera was uh, the Flying Dutchman so unless you're really a fan of operas probably not it's not one of the bigger ones but my mom's been in she she did a lot of shows at Shays she was in the Phantom of the Opera um, gosh I'm putting on the spot I can't remember all of them but um, she also did Shakespeare in the park here in Buffalo for years and years and years so um, 
that that's pretty well known in this area. She also back in the day was in a commercial with Doug Flutie when he played for the Bills. So yeah, so uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's just local celebrity then. Local celebrity. That's right. That's awesome. And now, did you partake in anything as well? Um, I was in the opera. I did more local plays with her. You know, back when she was putting me, and I don't want to say putting me into auditions, but, you know, I was just, I wasn't that into it. it my mom was doing it, so it wasn't cool. You know, um, she was really well known in music theater and operas around here when I was younger. And, you know, it just, I, I was so lucky to have a mother that was so talented. She teaches voice and piano and she has since I was born. So I was really, I had a lot of opportunity to to learn piano, learn how to sing. And I really just, you know, too cool. So I wish I would have taken her up on, you know, her talents, but I, I just didn't. So, but that's okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and now, yeah. um, you know, you said you moved around a lot and you finally, I would say you're in the grown up state. Uh, describe me like what um, college life looked like and uh, where you decided to pursue your career life. Yeah, so college, uh, like many people, I, well, like Leo, at least my boyfriend, um, and many people I've talked to, I, I started college right after high school, and I just wasn't ready. I just, it, you know, my mom always said it took me forever to walk just because I figured I could kind of get around other ways, you know, and when I was ready, I, I started walking, and that was kind of the same thing with college. I, I wasn't ready for the structure. I think I had never really had very much structure in my life. Um, so the fact that I felt that it was kind of forced upon me in a way, it just wasn't, I wasn't ready. I needed to get out and explore the world. Um, and I did. Um, and I had a great time and I met a bunch of people and tried a whole bunch of things, you know, and when I was finally ready to go back to college in a serious way. Um, I think I was 23. So I was 23 or 24. So I was a little bit older. And I started at a community college, I was living out in Rochester. And I just decided this is for me, my gosh, look at how much I can learn, I want to be here. And so I transferred to UB. And that was probably one of the most exciting days of my whole life up to that point, because I always thought college wasn't for me. I'm not one of, you know, all of my friends went to college and that just wasn't, it's just not my thing, you know? And when I realized like, wow, I fit into this world and I love it. Um, I, I just, it, it, it took me over fully. You know, I, I chased it. I was one of those people who just slaved over getting perfect grades. I wanted it to be perfect now that I finally made it. Um, but I, I never got to live on campus, which is one thing that I regret that I didn't get to dorm, although it probably is for the best. <laughs> um, but you know, college was great. I threw myself into it. I loved finding out all about all of the clubs on campus. I loved just the student life on campus and campus is where I met my boyfriend and, you know, a lot of really wonderful things have come from it. And I'm so proud to have gone to UB, um, I can't wait to go back for my MBA, which I'm planning to in January. I've decided. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm excited. That's the same program Leo and I are in. So, yeah, that'd be great. 
Yes, that will be great. And I, you know, when I first started, I had no idea really what I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I thought it was accounting. And I had worked in the makeup industry for years at that point. And I thought, well, geez, I want to be an accountant for a cosmetic company. And I slaved away trying to get into the program in UB. And when I, I, I'm telling you, like, I, I get so, you know, worked up about things. I slaved away trying to get into this program. And um, I had to retake a bunch of classes from when I was 18 and kind of failed out of a bunch of things. So I had to retake those classes to get my GPA up to get into that program. And the day that I got in, I, I, sat down with my guidance counselor there and you know she said you're good you're you're good you can get in you're in I started my first semester and I was just like this is not what I want at all it was you know you just don't know you don't I had a I had no idea about you know what it would actually be like and what day-to-day would be like in that industry and um you know and it's sometimes you just don't you don't know until you start experiencing it so I transferred out of that and I went into marketing um, still business but just marketing and I'm, I'm much happier that I chose that because it's such a broad umbrella and there's really a lot that you can do with it um, it kind of gives you a, a good touch on a lot of different um, a lot of different aspects of marketing so I found it to be really interesting okay yeah very inter- interesting so you said you had like an exploring mm-hmm. phase where you dabbled into just like different things and trying to figure mm-hmm. out what path was for you and it eventually led yeah. to uh, the marketing path and how did that um, how did that develop into the career you have today well I I I think it really just kind of gave me after college, I went into, um, it was internet marketing, mm-hmm. social media marketing. So, you know, I set up people's Google pages and their, um, just their different business listings online. And that, that place was a really nice starting point. Um, but there wasn't a, a whole lot of upward mobility. And I think the thing that I learned most in college, not even necessarily from my program, was that I learned you know, the people that I became friends with, I learned to appreciate my worth and to recognize what I had to offer companies. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think that although the place that I started working for was just a good, you know, starting point, um, I really needed to find somewhere that appreciated my worth and had a lot more to offer me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually, after working there, I started doing personal training because my dad, both of my parents were also very into fitness. My dad was Mr. Buffalo for a few years. Um, so yeah, so I grew up with a large appreciation for bodybuilding as well. So I thought, well, geez, you know, I have this, this marketing experience now and, you know, college taught me a lot. Why don't I try starting my own business? And so I did, and I really loved it. And, um, the thing with that, though, is it's just not sustainable with bodybuilding. If you're personal training, you know, it's it's first of all, it's not something that you can count on. You know, it's not always people take weeks off, people drop off. They you know want to go on vacation or, you know, they don't want to work out anymore. And, you know, the older that you get, unfortunately, people are hiring personal trainers that they want to look like. 
you know, and it's just hard to think when I was thinking long term, you know, well, I could look amazing in my 50s, my 60s, but are people really going to still want to look like me? You know, I don't know that I'm I would be the, the type that people would seek out. You know, just when, especially with the industry booming right now, there's always someone younger, someone fitter, someone more in tune with, you know, whatever social media is popular at the time. And I just thought, well, I can always do this on the side. Um, I was, I do think that I would have continued to be successful in it. But my biggest thing is that I want to always be able to be, you know, self-sustainable. I always want to be able to, of course, support myself and support my family and contribute. And I just didn't see being able to rely on that. So I went back and I tried a different couple different things out. And the thing that I love about the place that I'm at now is that there's a lot of upward mobility. It's very interesting. I work in business loans. It's called factoring. Um, So basically what we do is if you're a company and you're, you know, selling goods to company B and company B says, great, I'll pay you in 45 days. What I will do is I'll take that invoice for whatever goods or services, you know, you provided, I will purchase that. So I'll forward you the, I'll give you the money up front. And now company B that was going to pay you in 45 days, you already got paid. And now that company is just going to pay me instead. So it's a really it's it's a really successful um, business model. There's it, it's all industries. We deal with the oil industry. We deal with temp agencies. We deal with just normal goods and goods and services. Just everything. So um, especially in COVID times right now, um, it's been pretty steady because we're basically there to help businesses, you know, pay their bills and stuff. And um, I just see it as being really reliable, really sustainable. And um, I'm really happy with where I am and I'm learning a lot, which is great. You know, throughout this whole thing, one, the two things that really stand out to me is one, uh, you know, you tried a lot of different things, but the common thing I see is just the unwavering drive for improvement. And I think that kind of touches upon the intro that you said, and it really shows in the story you've described because college, you know, a lot of people go there for like a degree and you definitely get the what behind it, but to truly get the college experience, you need to get all the five whys figured out. And I feel like uh, you really did that in your time there. Thank you. Yeah, I really tried to, I wanted to make sure it counted. You know, I really felt like I put it off long enough and I wanted to do it right, you know, and doing it right looks different for everyone. But for me, it was to really get the most out of it that I could and really squeeze the life out of it so that, you know, I, I really could use it to improve my life and, you know, then the lives of the people around me, of course. That's awesome. So I want to know a little bit more about personal training. Uh, the reason I ask is um, I gym life is like one part where I was like, I was never part of that scene, but I, I am very into athletics in general. So I love sports. I love playing. Um, and I would like to say I, I live a relatively healthy lifestyle, but uh, when it comes to fitness, just like bodybuilding, I feel like that's, that's a whole realm and like a whole discipline that 
that has its own culture. So in the fitness world, like what was your discipline? Like, you know, I'm thinking like there's CrossFit, there's like uh, the Arnold, like heavy lifting type things. There's like deadlifts. Like what was your discipline? Uh, I was the six day a week, um, just hardcore that, you know, everybody goes through, I did more bodybuilding type workouts for sure. Um, that's what I was hard into. Um, but everybody goes through phases, you know, in your, in your fitness life, you know, fitness again, looks different for everyone. Like you said. Um, so there were phases when I was really into yoga, really, really into that whole flow. Um, but the majority of my time for myself, what was right for me was the, the, the actual bodybuilding, the heavy lifting, um, I was really, I'm very interested in the nutritional aspect of it and how that can really ramp up or negatively affect your training um, too. So I really liked to look at full full circle and I went through a, a time where I was extremely um, militant about what I was putting in my body. You know, I would time all of my sets, um, you know, the time between my sets, I was writing everything down and Again, I never wanted to do shows because uh, like bodybuilding shows because I felt that that was almost as, ex- as I don't want to say extreme, but as extreme as I was going into bodybuilding competition is so hardcore that I felt that I wouldn't do it justice because I didn't want it puts your body through your body, your mind, everything through so much intense stress that if you don't want to be there, if it's not your absolute passion to go into competition, you know, you're, you're almost doing it a a disservice. Um, so I never wanted to do shows, but, um, I was always trying to be, you know, show ready, if I could say that. Um, so now, now, of course, with COVID, it's a little bit different. Things have taken a made things a little bit more difficult. Um, we've got a home gym set up, which is great. But you know, pretending COVID didn't happen, I'm still, I'm still very, um, very dedicated to my routine and you know my goals. Um, but I'm more flexible in what those goals are. So I think the most important thing is you just figure out what your what you want your goal to be you know Mm -hmm. I mean so you know if you want it to be I do you know 12 hikes this month that's wonderful you know and if your goal is I want to squeak out five more reps you know when I'm doing deadlifts with good form of course um you know that's great too so I think for me it's just I am learning how to find a bit of a balance between being able to, you know, live and have fun. Um, and also, you know, allow myself to be like, Hey, I think I want to try, you know, kickboxing, or I think I want to try something else. Um, whereas before for me, it has always been six days a week, you know, Monday or Tuesday, Thursday, we're doing legs, you're going to do quads and glutes on this day you know, hamstrings, glutes this day. And then, you know, I had this whole schedule. So it's a little different now, which has been a kind of a nice change of pace. Okay. So you've done like the full spectrum then. So if I were to ask you for someone like me who wants to just get their foot in the door, what's like a good intro routine? 
Um, I would say, I mean, with how active you are just in general, I know you love being outside. You love hiking. You love playing. What game do you play? <laughs> One game I don't play is the right question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would honestly say maybe just doing a full body workout two, three days a week, mm-hmm. just getting in there, lifting something and, you know, just working those muscles. Because I think that, you know, you really want to be able to just more facilitate the parts of your life that you really love, which is being outside and playing sports. So, you know, whatever muscles you need for whatever season it is, you know, if you're playing baseball or whatever, your workouts are going to look a little different. So try to target your workouts around whatever sport you're you're going to be ah, playing. Got it. Cool. Now, is there... Yeah you know, there's always that question, is there one exercise or one piece of equipment that is like the best of all the worlds? Or is it really like depends exactly what muscle you're trying to target? No, I mean, it depends on your anatomy. It depends on, um, yeah, what muscles you're trying to target. I mean, depending on your knees and how, how your mobility is, I think that squats are great. They're pretty full body for the most part you can at least make them into that you know they work your core which is important in almost every you know in everything you do it's probably going to be incorporated in some way so squats are great however you know again that you can run into knee and hip hip issues with that so I would say it really just depends okay got it Maybe we need to take this offline and get like a tailored prescription for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can certainly do that. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh, And now you also mentioned about your, uh, your hobbies and your, your performances. Do you continue to do that today? I guess in some way I do. I, I don't have the gift of song, although I do have the appreciation for song for sure. Um, I actually just found out, side note, that my great-great-grandfather was in vaudeville, which vaudeville was the form of entertainment after the war before, um, what do they call them, pictures with sound, so movies, but, you know, before silent, there were just silent movies, so um, vaudeville was the form of entertainment for right after the war when everyone just needed to laugh. And I found out that my great great grandfather was in vaudeville, and we actually uncovered some recordings of him singing, um, which was so interesting. So I have music in my whole family. However, I can't produce it with my own body, which is really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I do now is I know I love. I've always been um, the funny kid, just because I was always moving and, you know, being funny is the easiest way to make friends. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went through a lot of hardships and, you know, the people that my parents were married to for a bit. And so laughter is the way that I really got myself through a lot of things in life. And I love to perform. I just love it. Whether I'm good at it or not, I love it. Um, And so I kind of was thinking about it of a couple of years ago and I thought, Oh, I want to try stand up comedy. I love, I love presenting. And, you know, I think I'd be, think I'd be good at it. So I tried that and I liked it. Um, but then I thought, man, you know, what about this, this, um, um, you know, other, other forms of, of comedy, you know? And so I started looking into improv and, I found it. That is the thing that makes me the happiest. So I do improv before 
before COVID happened, um, I was in an improv class. I'd go every Saturday and it was really just like my heaven. I love to perform. I love to laugh. I love playing. I love being silly. So um, I guess that's my own way of kind of continuing this performance art that my mom instilled in me. Okay. I want to know so much more here. So my, <laughs> my taste of improv is just, have you ever watched the show The Office? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, do you remember the episodes where Steve Carell's um, character does improv class? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Yes, so I do. That is compared to that. Like that is what I know as improv. Compared to that, what is reality? Well, it really depends on you know when you go in. Every time you go in, it's different. And the people that you're doing improv with can change it drastically. So sometimes you play, you play games and you just make, you know, go, you go in with a, a, you know, set parameters, of course, that's what improv is anyway. But, you know, it can be a game setting or they'll just give you an idea. Um, It's really just, it all depends. It can really suck if you don't have the right partner, you know, your, your partner makes it for sure. Or the team that you're on makes it for sure. But it's just, it's, I've never laughed harder than when I've done improv. It's just an hour of adults being silly, which is something that you don't find really, it's very hard to find in adult life. I mean, I can't think of any other point in my, in my adult day where I encounter a bunch of adults that just want to be silly, you know? Um, so that, that's what I love the most about it. It's just off the cuff. It's just, it can get really, you know, inappropriate. It can just be, you can be up there pretending you're a unicorn too. You know, I mean, you just never know what card you're going to be dealt and it's hilarious. <laughs> no, it sounds great. So yeah. I just want to uh, help me paint a picture here. So you walk into improv class and that's like, is there a director that says today you're going to be a 1950s uh, grandma? Like, and then you go just do stuff. Yes, pretty much. Um, and also, you know, whenever someone says, you know, the word teacup, you you happen to just start singing, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Someone just says like, hey, you're a group of scientists and you have to explain to, you know, this group of dogs, you know, why kibble is the best. And then it's just it just really spirals from there. You know, it just really gets out of hand. And it's it's just the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Okay. We're going to do a little experiment here. I'm going to. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll save you the burden. Then. <laughs> I got to be in the right set, you know, <laughs> got to be in the right mindset. Okay. Okay. I'll let you go this time. All right. So Andrea, I always uh, end this podcast on a personal note, you know, we've become friends um, and we've hung out a couple of times and you've gotten to know me a little bit. Um, so I always ask uh, if there's one piece of advice yet for me, what would that be? And it doesn't have to be specific to me, but just in general, like what would, what is your life motto and what would you want to, uh, you know, convey as a, as a message of advice? Yeah, I think that a uh, good piece of advice that I try to follow myself, you know, life can get really great. It can get really bad. Um, you know, so no matter what is going on in your life, whatever is happening, um, always, or I should say, never stop pursuing the next source of your big belly laugh. Mm. That's my piece of advice. I love it. Awesome. 
<laughs> what was it? Say that wording again. Pursue the, what was it? Never stop pursuing the next source of your big belly laugh. I love it. That's going to be my like new favorite quote. Good. <laughs> Good. I hope you find your next big belly laugh, the kind that makes your face hurt. Those are the best. Awesome. There's a quote by Bill Nye that says, everyone you'll ever meet knows something you don't. And today I learned, pursue the next source of your big belly laugh. Thanks, Andrea. <laughs>